With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The best heavy metal and hard rock anywhere. Live from Blog Talk Radio's multi-million dollar broadcasting facilities, the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. With your host, Mike the Big Cheese. How's everybody doing? we got a beautiful, beautiful day here in New York today. i got a great show tonight. I have an interview with Vinny Apice. I did a little earlier because Vinny wasn't able to make it into the live show tonight. I do apologize for anybody who wanted to maybe call in and talk to him. But I got the interview on tape, and I'm going to play that in about an hour. And right after the interview is done, Bobby Leatherlung's Lucas of Morbid Sin, Overlord, and Sanctuary. He's going to call in and you know, check in with us and see what's going on right after the interview. So we got a really great show tonight. My buddy Big T will be calling in any second. So how about we kick things off with the Man of Honor tonight, Vinny Apathy from his Dio days, The Last in Line.
Ah, it doesn't get any better than that. Ronnie James Dio, the last in line with Vinnie Apathy on drums. And we got an interview coming up with Vinnie in about 45 minutes. And right after that, Bobby Ledlung's Lucas of Overlord and Morbid Sin is going to be calling in. And right now, I got my buddy on the line, Big T. Hey, good evening, buddy. How's everything? What's going on? Ah, same old baloney. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. How's the metal world today? Uh, the metal world's pretty good. Well, for us it is anyway. For other people, maybe not so good. Okay. Well, hey, we just got to worry about ourselves. We're enjoying it. That's right. <laughs> That's all we can do. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on with Alice Smith this week. I'm not really the biggest Alice Smith fan. I mean, you know, but, uh, yeah, I like some of the, like, you know, the stuff from the, the 70s. Stuff. But Yeah, I like the older stuff myself. Um, yeah, the uh, whole Alice Smith thing. And the big turnaround um, uh, with uh, Zach, all of a sudden he woke up and said, oh, yeah, everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I heard he's off, the, he's off the bottle right now, so I guess he's a little yeah. more clairvoyant, you know? Yeah, I think maybe a check came in the mail. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> or something, yeah, who knows. Yeah, well, but... You know what he, he, what he said was right. I mean, he was with them since he's like, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. And yes, he's a teenager, years yeah. old, you know? Yeah. It is time for him to get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I agree. Said, like in, in the, you know, in the interview, he's like, "Yeah, it's time for me to leave the house." You know, I'm 42 years old. <laughs> I agree with that. It's just I think the way it was handled, you know, yeah, that right, it didn't exactly. go too well. It could have been done a lot better. You sit the man down first. He's been with you since, you know, exactly <laughs> the last 20 something years. But Unless that's old news now. And he was just so out of it. No, he wasn't really out of it at the time. He was more with his. Um, it was more with the blood clots and all, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who the heck knows? But well, he'll just put more effort into Black Label Society now. That's all. This is just to show that um, we're getting old. I mean, you know, Tom <laughs> yeah. Araya has got problems, got back problems, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He had to they had to postpone a lot of the tour. Yeah, and you know, Zach had blood clots in his leg. I mean, and they're younger than us, so I know. <laughs> they're younger than it, me, at least. I don't know about it's you. gonna happen. I mean, I I was watching that metal show last night, you know, with Eddie Trunk. Right. And uh, they were talking. Uh, like, uh, I wish they. I wish the show was longer so they would have more time to talk about the subjects that they bring up. Right. I know they got to kind of condense it because they only have a half hour and they got to get like a whole bunch of things in. Yeah. But they, last night they were talking about you know who's going to be the next arena he- arena headliners. Right. When everybody was doing it now, you know, because these guys are getting into you know the late fifties, early sixties. How much longer can they keep going? Exactly. And they were naming all these new metal bands, and I don't see any of them actually doing no, it. But. No. What is going to happen when Kiss is gone, when ACDC is gone? Right. Metallica is still, you know, in the 40s, basically, so they got some time. Even Iron Maiden, yeah. you know, as long as they want to keep doing it, they can. But what happens when the rest of these guys just say, you know, I had enough. I'm 60-something years old. I've been doing it 40, 50 years. Who the hell is going to fill up the arenas? They don't even – these new bands today don't even have a shot to, get, to bring people to clubs, never mind the arenas. Yeah, this is true. So who the hell knows? And the whole thing with the record company not actually, you know, able to sell records because of the downloads. Of course. That hurts a lot, and people don't realize of that. Of course, because the record companies also financed and uh, put on a lot of the tours and shows themselves. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens. But it's a new world out there we're living in, so we may as well enjoy what we have while it lasts. Yeah, and if you like a band, support the band. That's right. It sounds like all doom and gloom, but you know, how about we do a little metal and we'll get away from that. There you go. All right, I don't know if you remember this band. I was, my wife and daughter both had their friend come at the same time this month, so I remember the band PMS I was thinking about. <laughs> it was it was pre it was a band called Pre Metal Syndrome. Oh, they were an okay. old girl thrash metal band from New York. I remember them from back in the day. Okay. I had the vinyl record, so I uh, 
I transferred it to MP3 this week. It doesn't sound too bad. It held up pretty good over the years, you know? All right. But I heard, I was like, wow, I haven't heard this in so long. It was some pretty good stuff. I mean, this is, you're talking the early 80s, an all-female thrash band. Right. Weren't, weren't a lot of them. There were a few singers like Debbie Gunn, that, you know, and Sentinel Beast, but nobody was an all-female thrash band. They were a really good band. You know, the quality's not the greatest because it was the early 80s. And they went on the form of a band called Wench after that, which I remember also for a while. Ah. But uh, we'll do a little uh, pre-metal syndrome, PMS, with the song 1984. Okay. There we go.
go, a little PMS with 1984. Mm. A little, uh, get that old uh, new wave of British heavy metal sound to it, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that was one of the slower songs I put on. With a little punk uh, thrown in. Yeah, definitely. Well, they, they were kind of, you know, they had that groove going back then. Yeah, I could see, um, I was um, searching on the... Uh, on the MySpace, and uh, if, if it's a girl named Carmen that was in the band, she's in Florida. Ah. She's still alive. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't. I don't remember the names of who was in the group. But it was yeah. like uh, it was like you know, like a one-hit wonder type thing. They put that out, and they kind of disappeared after that. Yeah, pre-metal syndrome. Oh yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. So let me see. Uh, I said before, Bobby uh, Love Lungs Lucas is going to be calling in later on. Uh, he was on uh, WFMLM uh, radio last night in California doing an interview. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and he plugged he played, he plugged the show last night with the Vinnie Appice interview today. Very nice. Uh, yeah, the host didn't sound too thrilled about it when he did it, but you know, it, it was a nice little segue. He was just like, oh, you know, who influences you as a singer? And he's like, you know, uh, Ronnie James Dio. And I was speaking about Dio. Uh, my friend Mike the Big Cheese in, uh, over there in New York at the Heavy Metal Man Radio Show. <laughs> he's got to do with any apathy. It's That's like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, we support all kinds of our shows. <laughs> hey, but she didn't sound too thrilled. That's all right. She probably wasn't ready for it. That's it. She That's it. That's right. But uh, I got to thank her for getting that in there. So that was good. Anyway, we'll definitely have to uh, thank Bobby when he comes on. I uh, Without a doubt. That's why he's calling it tonight. Very got good. some news about his man Morbid Sin. And uh, we'll check up on him with uh, what's going on with Overlord also and Sanctuary. All right. I know Morbid Sin's got a show coming up here in uh, March at, uh, at Dingbats with Impaler. So we will definitely be there. Oh. And uh, yeah, and um, I'll wait till he comes on to talk about the record release that's going on. But uh, you and I got a nice thank you on the on the thank you on the line, and so that was nice of him. Oh, that was nice. Yes, I appreciate that very much. Definitely. All right, so I'm gonna say I know you wanted to hear some Moodle last week, but I had uh, we had Zach Stevens coming on on December sixth. Okay. But it was canceled because uh, he's on another Block Talk Radio show. There's another rock show on Block Talk Radio. He's got him on the week before. Right. Even though we had a book for weeks, I just don't feel right putting it on again, like, you know, when the other guy has it. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, you know? Sure, sure. So that's been that's been canceled. We moved up uh, the band, uh, uh, Vane Seist over at his spot, which leaves the last week of the year open. I figured maybe we'll do, like, uh, a year of metal-type show. No guests. We've had guests on every single week, I think, since August. I don't think there's been one week without a guest. Yeah. So we'll just do two hours of music. Maybe we'll play, like, all the old classic 80s bands have new records out these years. You know, we got a whole... Uh, yeah, yeah. A whole slew of them, so I think we'll save the Udo for then. You know, we'll get on get on some of the new Udo record. Oh, Udo. We do that end show. Udo. Oh yeah, we got plenty to choose from. There was a there was like a renaissance of metal this year from the old god. Saxon was last year, or the beginning of this year. I think it was the beginning of this year, but you know what? I don't remember yesterday. Sometimes. Yeah, there you go. I hate you. So, uh, but we'll get a little Udo one tonight, but we'll go back to the accept days. Cool. All right, off the death row record. How about a little dead on?
There you go, Samudo with Dead On. Singer would accept. Looks like Gallus would have been having World War Three over there in the chat room about Hoffman's uh, oh, manliness. Really? Oh, really? I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah, he made a gay comment about Hoffman, and I was just flying off the handle. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he got the wrong one, huh? <laughs> Maybe we should make Alice call in and she could uh, <laughs> give her, let her talk about it. Alice, if you can hear it, go call in. <laughs> Both on. Uh, yeah, that's right. Both of you should call in. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you we'll duke it out. Too funny. Oh, uh, that's too much. All right, so let me see where we're at over here. I got some good stuff lined up today. I'm keeping everything light today because of any apathy, keeping everything in the power metal vein, you know. Yeah. Stay away from the thrash this week. Uh, let me see. You know what? How about we do our Sunday night spotlight to get that out of the way? Uh, this week, it's a band called Arise Again. Uh, they're out of Mississippi. They're a three-piece band heavily influenced by Black Sabbath and the, you know, the old-school 70s uh, doom metal. Really good band. Uh, they got a record out. I just I wish I could remember the name. It's something with Locust. I'll get it you know, uh, while I'm playing the song. I just lost where I wrote it down. But they're a pretty good band. Check them out. And after the show is over, I have a link to them posted up on the, on the blog spot. So here we go. This is Arise Again. Life as it begun.
out of Mississippi. That was this week's Sunday Night Spotlight with the Rise again. I'll have the link up to the band after the show. Go check them out. Very doomy band. You there, Tay? I'm sorry. I was reading and then trying to... That's okay. Something. I know you can't do two things at once. That was good. Thing. I'm sorry, Mike. What was that? What? It sound, at the beginning, I thought it was um, Metal Church. Oh, yeah. Very slow. Uh, I didn't realize it was that long at the beginning. You know, yeah. I, I only played a little bit of the song, and... Uh, I, I wanted to get another one on, but it was it was it was a little too long, so I oh, went with this one. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, not like, bad, right? Sound like Metal Church in the beginning. Yeah, a little doomy, like you said, but cool. Oh yeah, that's what I say. Uh, let me see. Uh, I got the interview with Vinny Appice in about fifteen or twenty minutes, and Bobby could be calling in. So let me see what else is going on. Really, much, not much happening in, in metal lately. It's been kind of dead. Yeah, you know. I guess everybody's taking the taking the taking it easy for the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think whoever has albums put you know has them out, and whoever has uh, something coming up, they're probably readying it, readying it for the Christmas t- season. Not not that many people buy records for Christmas anytime anymore. No, I know. Uh, yeah, at one time they know, did, but not right? anymore. Years ago, everything used to be out around now for Christmas. And, sure. Uh, what are you gonna do? There's a lot well, of I mean, the Kiss record stuff. is the Kiss record is doing the Kiss record is doing well. The yeah. Megadeth is doing well. The New Slave is doing well. Doing well. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's great news. I mean, it's you know, it's not like the numbers like they used to be. I don't think we'll have any more of those million selling platinum artists and heavy metal again. But yeah, but that's just the that, times, you know, you know. It's great that they're beating out, you know, like the shit that's out. You know what I mean? And yeah. maybe they it won't be there up, you know, forever. You know. Uh, I know. Weeks and weeks, but. Uh, even when, <laughs> excuse me, back in the day when the records were up there, they weren't up there for, you know, more than four or five weeks, and then they got knocked down by either a Michael Jackson or a, yeah, you know, like a flippant. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like something poppy, you know. I, mean, I know. You got to understand, know. You know, music is not for everybody, and uh, you're right. And you know what? And I like it that way. You know, I wouldn't. In the '80s, I think that's what ruined uh, our metal because um, every record company came in and said, yeah. "Let's cash in." And put out the Poison style bands, you know. Yep. Although Poison, you know themselves, their first couple of albums weren't that bad, you know. But it was that whole look, and um, the people that were into them that that yeah, I hated ruined it. Most, I know. You know? It's a, we're always our own worst enemy, you know. Same when it comes with to the, the Motley Crue, you know, the first couple of Motley yeah. Crue albums were were pretty rocking, you know. Yep. But what are you gonna do? You know, it's the record companies, and you know what? They gotta sell albums, and you know. One good thing is I heard that SPV, the record company from Germany, yeah, Europe, they uh, signed a deal with Sony for distribution. So oh, that's um, good. yeah, so we might uh, might not be losing you know, the Motorheads, the Alice Coopers. Uh, that's good. All those bands that were on the SPV label, you know. Yeah, a lot of the small labels are lying. And Blistering Records, who uh, I've been working with, playing their artists on the show. Right. Uh, they've hooked up with uh, Warner Brothers or Division of Warner Brothers Records oh, that's now. Cool. Like, isn't realize. that big? And then you got the small labels like Metal on Metal out of Italy. Okay. We featured all their artists over the summer. Yeah. They're cranking out great bands, you know, new bands that have that great 80s sound. Yeah. And the same thing with uh, uh, Stormspell. They're, they're, they're finding all those great bands from the 80s and, uh, and the re-releasing the demo tapes on albums, remastering them. Right. And that's what Bobby's dealing with right now from uh, Morbid Sin. We'll talk to him oh, about that later. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, so we got a lot of things going on, so it's not too bad. How about we get back to some music right now? I was going to move some old Scorpions. Yeah. So, you know, you know, go back to the Uli John Roth days. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I like. How about a little Sales of Karen? Oh, great. Yeah, good song. <laughs>
Isn't that good stuff, man? I love it. I love it. You know, everybody plays the 80s Scorpions, and people forget just how great the 70s. I mean, Uli John Roth, what a great guitar player that guy what, is. What power in, the, in those yep. recordings, too. I mean, yeah. wow. And it sounds good. And that was off. That ripped off the record. It's not even the, like the you know the CD where it's remastered. Oh wow! They just sound great. I mean, him and Shanker together, Rudolph Shanker. Yeah. I guess you just gotta have Shanker in the name and it makes you a great guitar player. Oh, definitely. That's some good stuff. So I, I don't think I've played this many like other bigger metal bands in one set in the in the last year. Mm. Always playing you know the lesser known bands or you know the unsigned bands of the '80s, but. I figure what the hell, get some of the bigger stuff. You gotta delve in. You gotta delve into the uh, the roots, you know. That's right. You gotta dig into the catalog every now and then. Yeah, I was listening to uh, satellite radio and I came across um, an old Queen tune from Queen Two. I mean, come on. I mean, you don't realize the roots of metal go go that far back. And yep. To, and with what kind of bands? You know, Queen and Slade and um, Sweet. They had some heavy riffs. There was even a Sweet song. Uh, sweet F.A. I don't know what the F.A. stands for. Yeah. Towards the end, he started wailing and doing all this Yuli John Roth stuff. I mean, it wasn't as, was a little more sloppy, like a Hendrix style, you yeah. know? But it was amazing. I was like, wow, I got, I, I have a uh, a best of disc. I have to check it out. <laughs> stuff yeah. I didn't, probably didn't even listen to. That's some good stuff. I haven't gotten the Scorpions on the show in a long time, so it was good to, to play a little Scorps yeah, over there. And I know they're working on a new record. And like all the bands from the 80s, I keep saying it's, we're going back to that old school sound, yeah, but well, not many of them have lived up to that, you know? No. So we'll see what happens when it comes out, but it should be rocking. If it's as good as Blackout, I'll be happy. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, you, you take it, right? Yeah. yeah even Blackout's like, a good uh, record. I mean, you know, it's all convict, but it's a good record. You know? I hear you. Yeah. All right, let's see what I got here. Uh, this next band, New York band. Uh, I used to work with this guy, Artie. Uh, he works with Judd, a lot of contract. Uh, when I first came over to this department, I was down on the Wall Street job down that way. Right. And uh, Artie's got his uh, band going on now. They're going by the name Eleventh Hour right now. Uh, he sent me over a couple of MP3s. It's the new to just getting started. Oh. But Artie used to manage Richie Blackmore oh, back wow. in the day. Yeah, he was Richie Blackmore's manager. He's singing on this, and it's some really killer, killer hard rock stuff. And he sent me another song the other day. I just didn't have a chance to upload it to the station. So I'll get that on in a couple of weeks. And I know we're looking for some shows and everything. So maybe, you know, I'll talk to some friends and see if we can hook these guys up. And maybe there's yeah. some gigs going to Dingbats. Cool. I got to thank uh, Frank Poppy, who I work with over at ECS, uh, for sending me this stuff. So here's a little 11th hour. Let's see I'm going to get on. Um...
God, I was 11th hour and never be the same. I cut myself off before I could announce the song. I played it too quick. <laughs> uh, it was like premature ejaculation, you know? That's all right. It happens every now and then. It happens every now and then. <laughs> yeah, you can't help it. <laughs> All right. Well, we got about 15 minutes or so. I get on the Vineyapacy interview, and uh, then Bobby will be calling in. So how about we do a, uh, you know what? Let me see. Yeah, I'll do World War Three. This is a band that featured uh, Vinny back in the 80s, but Mandy Lyon on vocals, uh, Jimmy Bain was on bass, and, jeez, oh. you know, I just forgot who was playing guitar. I gotta look it up. I forgot who was playing guitar. Another famous guitar player. It was like a, one of the early uh, supergroups. What was the name of the group? Uh, World War Three. Oh, not not. Okay, I, I know. There were two. War. There were two bands called yeah. World War Three back in the day. Yeah. Uh, this was the band that featured Manny Lyon. I never. Manny Lyon's got his own uh, solo. He's actually doing World War Three and some solo stuff right now. But uh, Manny's like a big guy. I mean, he looks like like the devil incarnate, you know. But they say he's like one of the nicest guys. Yeah. I spoke to him a few times. He's supposed to come on the show. We could just never, never make it work. I'll reach out to him again, maybe see uh, we we could do with that, you know. It could be cool. Yeah, I just can't. I don't know why. It's just oh, Tracy G from uh, from D, another guy that played. Uh, oh, with, Tracy. Let's see. Um, yeah, Z. Yeah. Okay. Tracy G played guitar on the project back then. That's what. Oh, it was. okay. He was probably playing with D at the time. Yeah, I couldn't remember. But I'll get on a little World War Three. This is a great song called "Call Me Devil." Sounds like my theme song.
World War Three. Call Me Devil, Vinny Apathy on drums, Tracy G on guitar, Jimmy Bain, who's played with all those guys in other bands, and Mandy Line on vocals. Mandy was supposed to be on the show a long time ago. We were talking for a while, then we kind of lost touch. I'm going to reach out to him, because I know there was a lot of bad blood between him and Tracy G, and they talk bad about each other a lot. Wow. So I don't know the whole deal and everything, but uh, I'm going to give him a call and uh, see if I get him back on. I'll get him on at all. I mean, I've had him on and talking to me, but uh, I'm not sure if everybody else there. He's a real, real nice guy, interesting guy. That sounds cool. That's what I say. So let me bang out one or two more songs real quick, yeah. and uh, then we'll get the interview going over here. You know what? We'll do our demolition segment. We'll get that out of the way. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the band. They were a New York band called St. Lucina back in the early 80s. There's really, like, no information about this band around. They put out two demos, and they, like, just faded away. But they were really good, and... uh after the show was over, as a matter of fact, I think I got to post it already. If you go to the Heaven No Mayhem blog spot now, you can download a copy of this demo. Cool. So uh, this is a band called St. Lucent out of New York from the 1984 demo. It's a song called Call the Surgeon. A little pre-sounded to me, but I like it.
All right, there you go, little Saint Lucina. Center, call the surgeon. You can download a copy of that at the blog spot. I lost my place there for a minute. I came real early. Okay. All right. Well, let me see here. I'm gonna get one. Let me get a song on for Alice while she's uh, still on. If we don't lose her again. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll do a little Angel Witch.
There you go, a little Angel Witch with the song Angel Witch from my friend Alice, the Angel Witch. Rob is in the chat room with them. I'm sure he's thrilled. It'll keep it happy for a little bit. And we got a caller on the line, 908, you out there? Yo, how you doing, man? What's going on? What's going on? This is Vinny from 11th Hour, man. How you doing? Hey, Vinny, how's it going, man? Going great, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us on the air tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, anytime. That's a great song, Vinny. That's a great song. Thank you. A big, uh, big shout-out to Artie and Danny, and uh, they both say hello. And, uh, you know, we're real happy to be part of your show tonight. Uh, anytime. I'm going to get the other song on in a few weeks. You want to tell everybody a little about the band while you're on? I'm sorry? You want to tell anybody about the band while I got you on? Yeah, sure. We could uh, give you a little information on the band. Um, well, we, uh, we're based out of New York. Um, we've got Danny Gilbride on guitar. We've got Artie Core on vocals. And uh, myself, Vinny LaRocca on drums. And... Um, uh, we're just getting started with this band, and, uh, you know, it's moving along pretty nicely, and uh, I think we're gelling into uh, a good metal band. It sounds good. I tell you, that song, that, you know, it just brings back that great, you know, hard rock and heavy metal sound that we haven't heard in a long time from a lot of new bands, and I'm glad uh, you guys yeah. are doing it. You know what, Mike? You know, we're, not, uh, we're, we're not trying to, to be something we're not. We are, uh, you know, we, we can't deny who our influences are over the years, and uh, this is what's coming out of us. And this is what you get with us. And it sounds good, too, man. So uh, I'm hoping we get you guys live pretty soon. Maybe you call them and do a whole interview after the new year. Yes. Great. We'll give yeah, you a yeah. shout-out, and uh, we really appreciate it once again. Uh, Vinny, anytime, man. I appreciate it. So we're going from one drummer named Vinny to another. we got Vinny absolutely coming up right now, all right? Great. We'll be listening. Thanks. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Yeah, how about we get on a song by uh, Vinny Appice's band? This is Three-Legged Dog. Uh, this is some pretty good stuff. It kind of flew under the radar. I don't even think a lot of people really knew about it. Uh, but it's a, it's a really good record, a rocking record. It's got a lot of blues in it. So how about we do a uh, so-called One Good Reason, then we'll go right into the interview with Vinny.
go. Three-legged dog off the round. Frozen Summer. It's a good record with Vinny Apice on drums. Uh, Jimmy Bain, again on bass. Vinny's played with him for so long. Carlos Gavazzo from Quiet Riot on guitar. Uh, who played? Uh, was guitar? Brian Young um, from uh, David Lee Roth's band. And uh, Chaz West, who used to be the lead singer for Jason Bonham's band, Bonham, back in the 80s. Some good stuff, right, T? Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Definitely uh, hard rock and with a metal kick. Yeah, kind of UFO sounded a little bit, but yeah, okay. That album just flew under the radar. I never really got any attention. It was some good stuff, and uh, we talk with Vinny about that. So, uh, how about that's what we do now? Okay. All right. I wish I could, but uh, I don't know. The switchboard has been really wacky all week. Uh, yeah. I'm a lot of trouble with it. The, uh, the numbers keep jumping around. I know it's not my computer. It's just uh, everything's all out of whack. You know, before I was listening to some replays and. Uh... Like, they wouldn't play, and then all of a sudden they would speed up and get really loud and distorted. That was yeah. downstairs on my uh, my laptop, you know. So when I came up here and I was waiting to call in, I was listening to uh, last week a little bit of uh, Gone, uh, Gone But Not Forgotten, and the um, same thing happened. But then when I went to uh, listen to the Veterans Day show, which was great, by the way, um, it's was okay, so I don't know. It's a hit or miss thing over here with this. Yeah, I know. It's it's been like that lately. I know the switchboard looks a little different, so it must be changing things around a little bit. But what the hell are you gonna do? It's free, but we can still can complain, right? What do you want for nothing? Hey, we're from New York. We're allowed to complain. That's right. That's what I say. Uh, you know what? The switchboard's not even working at all right now, so I'm not having any luck. So we'll see. Uh, see if I can get it going here. I don't know why there's so many problems, but. It just never seems to have a block talk radio. This show you have hinged all on that MP3. <laughs> <laughs> it figures. You're not kidding. Did you test it? Nope. I mean, you played it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I did that. It's just everything's like it's just frozen. It just happens all the time. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I don't know what the hell to do anymore. I give up. <laughs> I'll have to just Fun. keep talking until we can figure out what the hell to do. Yeah. Um, I want to my guest. All right, there we go. All yeah, right, we, go. we got it connected. Get Vinny on the air right now. We'll oh, bring going. it up. Did you bring it up, Mikey? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that right now. Yeah, bring it up a different uh, yeah. volume. Yeah, it's just that uh, everything's just going really slow here today. And nothing's really working right. Hey, Vinny, out there? But uh, I'll do it. Uh, hang on here. Can you connect it right now? Hey, Vinny, Mikey, on here. All right, yeah. hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm go. doing great. Thank you very much for calling in. I know it's kind of early out there, and uh, you're probably out in California, right? Yeah, it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm up early. I'm actually, I, you know, I'm up doing stuff already, so. That's All right, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I really appreciate you taking out the time today to call in. We are on live now, but I'm going to edit this and play it on the Sunday show where all the listeners usually tune in. Uh, if anybody right. happens to be tuning in today is going to be hearing the, the interview a little ahead of time, but I appreciate it. And, you know, the last couple of years, they've been really big with Heaven and Hell. You guys have been on the roll. Yeah, we've been uh, touring. We started in 2007 on, on tour, and uh, that was a pretty long tour. And then in 2008, we went out for about five weeks with Judas Priest and Motorhead, and then uh, we just did about uh, three months this year, and now we're taking a break, and we'll we'll start up again next year. Yeah, Tony went for some hand surgery, so you got a little downtime right now, which I guess is good because you've been out there nonstop. And when the when the project came back together again with the Heaven and Hell, uh, did you have any reservations about going under that name instead of Black Sabbath? <clears throat> well, 
you know, I thought it was a good idea, seeing that uh, it kind of separates what we're doing from what Black Sabbath does, and being that Geezer and Tony were just playing with Ozzy for the last kind of 10 years, you know, on the Ozfest as Black Sabbath, it kind of made a distinction that, okay, this is something new, this is something, obviously, with Ronnie on vocals, and it kind of distinguishes it and sets it apart from what they did before. So I thought it was a good idea. Obviously, yeah. Black Sabbath, you know, creates more excitement, even though it's the same band. You know, it's pretty funny when you think about stuff like that, you know. Exactly. You know, I mean, you guys all have the name recognition. Everybody knows who you are. So it makes it a little easier at that point because, you know, today it's so hard to distinguish yourself as any kind of band. You know, the music scene has just changed so much in the last 10 years. And uh, yeah. so I, thought it was so, I thought it was great to go out on the, a, new, you know, a new name, even though it's the same, you know, band. It just gives you a fresh start, and, and it's worked out because, you know, you guys are packing in the arenas again. Uh, the new album's doing great, DVD. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, everything uh, is really been successful, and uh, you know, when we first started it, we thought, okay, it'd be fun to play, go out and play the songs. And first, there wasn't even a new album; we were just playing the old stuff. And uh, the, re the reaction and reception from the fans were it was pretty incredible, and the success was pretty incredible. So everybody went, "Wow, this is cool!" You know, so we were all, we were kind of uh, surprised by the reaction of, of the acceptance of the band going out. And uh, that's what pretty much kept it together and kept it going this long. Yeah, and, and the new music sounds great. I, mean, I caught you guys since you did the first show over at Radio City here in New York. I've caught you on each tour that's gone through. And, at least, and you guys have been mixing up pretty nice over the last uh, couple of tours around the area. And now with the new record, you got, you know, four albums of material pretty much to choose from. So you got a nice, you know, well of music to dip into. Yeah. <clears throat> now we got, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, now we have actually too many songs to choose from. <laughs> It's like, uh, now what do we do? You know, you got to put a couple in for the new album. you got to take a couple out, and it's hard. You know, we just sit there and make a list, and uh, a lot of them are classic songs. You know, it's hard to take out and, you know, have an album, Mob Rules, Neon course, Nights, yeah. Children of the Sea. So so it gets harder to put, put the set together, but at least we have too many songs. It's better than not enough, you know. Exactly. Do you ever get tired of playing any one song in particular after all these years of doing them? Not even with Evan Helmy, with all your other projects, though. Yeah, you know, you get you get tired, but you know, I've always yeah never played it the same each night, you know, myself. And with this band, we never play them exactly the same each night. Some some nights, you know, we'll take a chance and do something different in the song, and that keeps it fresh, you know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I like I like switching songs myself. I would I'd like you know let's play this song for a month and then let's. I'm going to have to start that all the time. That thing is coming through so low. Yeah, I know, Mike. Yeah, I, I just can't adjust any of the volumes over here. Everything is just like shutting down on the switchboard on me. I apologize, everybody. I did the interview a little early in the day. Yeah. I think I have it all set up and everything. It would go a lot easier, a lot smoother. It's just that everything is uh, screwed up here. So when you set the MP3, you have it at 100. Yeah, let me try it at a higher. Let me try it again, see if I can do it a little higher. I'm right. sorry, you have to listen to the first five minutes and all over again. Well, you probably didn't hear it anyway. Everybody's saying that they can't hear. I mean, I can hear because I got the earphone right. Yeah, now. you're on. You're online with me, but uh, I'm gonna crank it up over again. I'm sorry, you gotta have to hear five minutes of us bullshitting about that from the beginning right. again. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we'll get it on and uh, we'll do it like that. He sounds real nice. Vinny was a really nice guy. We spoke before the interview also, so like towards the end there was some stuff that people probably won't know what the hell we're talking about, but. uh... 
you know, we we knew what we meant, and I, I should have clarified that, but it really had nothing to do with music anyway. It's about food. Talking about two guys from Brooklyn, you know? <laughs> cool. Yeah, so that was good. So I, I think I, I think I got it straightened out here. I got the volume cranked up a lot louder. It should be a lot better now. Okay. So uh, we'll just sit back, and uh, and we'll enjoy the interview with Vinny. All right. we get him on again here, and uh, we'll get this going. Good luck now. Eh, it's always something here, right? This can never be smooth. It's all right. That's what happens when you're working a free international right, I want to welcome my guest, right. ah, Heaven and Hell, Vinny Apathy. Let me get Vinny on the air right now. We'll start going. Hey, Vinny, you on the air? Hey, Vinny, you out there? I, have a little, I think we're getting Vinny connected right now. Hey, Vinny, Mike, you on the air? All right, yeah. hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for calling in. I know it's kind of early out there, and uh, you're probably out in California, right? Yeah, it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm up early. I'm actually, I, you know, I'm up doing stuff already, so that's All right, right that's good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I really appreciate you taking out the time today to call in. We are on live now, but I'm going to edit this and play it on the Sunday show where all the listeners usually tune in. Uh, if anybody right. happens to be tuning in today is going to be hearing the, the interview a little ahead of time, but I appreciate it. And, you know, the last couple of years, they've been really big with Heaven and Hell. You guys have been on a roll. Yeah, we've been uh, touring. We started in 2007 on, on tour, and uh, that was a pretty long tour. And then in 2008, we went out for about five weeks with Judas Priest and Motorhead, and then uh, we just did about uh, three months this year, and now we're taking a break, and we'll we'll start up again next year. Yeah, Tony went for some story. hand surgery, so you got a little downtime right now, which I guess is good because you've been out there nonstop. And when the when the project came back together again with the Heaven and Hell, uh, did you have any reservations about going under that name instead of Black Sabbath? <clears throat> well, you know, I thought it was a good idea, being that uh, it kind of separates what we're doing from what Black Sabbath does, and being that Geezer and Tony were just playing with Ozzy for the last kind of 10 years, you know, on the Ozfest as Black Sabbath, it kind of made a distinction that, okay, this was something new, this was something, obviously, with Ronnie on vocals, and it kind of distinguishes it and sets it apart from what they did before, so I thought it was a good idea. Obviously, yeah. Black Sabbath, you know, creates more excitement, even though it's the same band, you know, it's pretty funny when you think about stuff like that, you know. Exactly, you, you know, I mean, you guys all have the name recognition, everybody knows who you are. So it makes it a little easier at that point because, you know, today it's so hard to distinguish yourself as any kind of band. You know, the music scene has just changed so much in the last 10 years. And uh, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was great to go out on the, a, new, you know, a new name, even though it's the same, you know, band. It just gives you a fresh start, and, and it's worked out because, you know, you guys are packing in the arenas again. Uh, the new album is doing great, a DVD. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah everything uh, is really been successful and uh you know when we first started it we thought okay it'd be fun to play go out and play the songs and first there wasn't even a new album we were just playing the old stuff and uh the, re the reaction and reception from the fans was it was pretty incredible and the success was pretty incredible so everybody went wow this is cool you know so we were uh, we were kind of uh surprised by the reaction of, of the acceptance of the band going out and uh that's what pretty much kept it together and kept it going this long yeah, and the new music sounds great. I, mean, I caught you guys since you did the first show over at Radio City here in New York. I've caught you on each tour that's gone through. 
And, we, and you guys have been mixing up pretty nice over the last uh, couple of tours around the area. And now with the new record, you got, you know, four albums of material pretty much to choose from. So you got a nice, you know, well of music to dip into. Yeah. Now we got, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, now we have actually too many songs to choose from. <laughs> it's like, uh, now what do we do? You know, you got to put a couple in for the new album. You got to take a couple out, and it's hard, you know, sit there and make a list. And uh, a lot of them are classic songs, you know. It's hard to take out in, you know, Heaven and Hell, Mob Rules, of Neon course, Nights, yeah. Children of the Sea. So, so it gets harder to put, put the set together, but at least we have too many songs. It's better than not enough, you know. Exactly. Do you ever get tired of playing any one song in particular after all these years of doing them? Not even with Evan Helmy, with all your other projects, though. Yeah, you know, you get you get tired, but, you know, I've always you know, never played it the same each night, you know, myself. And with this band, we never play them exactly the same each night. Some Some nights, you know, we'll take a chance and do something different in the song, and that keeps it fresh, you know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I I like I like switching songs myself. I would I'd like you know let's play this song for a month and then let's throw in a different song. And I think that keeps the excitement and the edge on it too. Oh, that's a great way of doing it. Plus, you know, it's like everything. You got the old fans that want to hear you know certain songs, and you've got new fans that are coming around that want to hear something. I know you're forced to doing a lot of you know the same stuff because people want to hear it. But I guess that's the business and that's life, and it could be worse. But you're not playing in front of anybody, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, you got to play what you know. You got to play what people want to hear. There's a lot of bands that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that bands that have been out before for years, uh, and they go out and play stuff from the new album and hardly anything from the old. And people want to hear the old stuff, you know. Yeah, you got to. That's what built the fans. You got to play that stuff, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. People are buying tickets. Tickets aren't cheap these days either. Yeah. So. You want you want to go to that show. You want to hear some of the classic stuff that the band did, not just new stuff, you know. Yeah, so you gotta, you know, you gotta do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I know. And and besides heaven and hell, I mean, you also uh, was doing Derringer again about a year or so ago, weren't you? Yeah, we did uh, a tour with Derringer uh, in 2008, and that came about uh, with an agent who wanted to book the band, and he got everybody together. And and at first, I was a little reluctant. I thought, well, it's lighter than I'm usually playing now, you know, and. Uh, you know, lighter in music, and then yeah. uh, then I thought about it. I said, "Well, what the hell? It's part of my roots, and uh, let me do it." And uh, so we rehearsed, and we went out. We did about twenty shows, and it was really, really cool. It was fun. The people enjoyed it, and it was. Uh, you know, we weren't around a long time when we were together in 1976, but it seemed to be a little bit of a cult following. You know, like we did two albums and one live album, and people were really. Uh, into it, you know, and they came out to see us, and, and we had a ball, and Rick's playing fantastic, I mean, he hasn't lost it, actually, he's gotten better, he's so right on, it's unbelievable, and the whole band sounded great, so that was fun, so we're, we're working on possibly maybe doing some dates for next year, oh, that's you know, great. While, uh, yeah, because uh, was only around about, what, two years maybe in the late 70s? What's that? I'm sorry? Derringer, you guys were only around for about two years in the late 70s? Yeah, yeah, And look yeah. at, you know, Not 30 years that. later. You know, people still want to hear not it. It's amazing. A, I think we were together for a year and a half. Oh wow! <laughs> we were, yeah. It was like, damn, we did two two albums and then we were breaking up. You know. Yeah. But it well, goes to show you how the music holds up, Vinny, because people still want to hear it today. It's just, it's just amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's amazing that uh, all this old stuff has become new stuff to the young kids. You yeah. Know? That's because it's got. 
you know, a lot of the old stuff has a lot of heart in it, a lot of playing, there's solos in it, there's, you know, it's not so perfect. A lot of music today, the way it's recorded, it's perfect. You know, there's no, uh, you know, mistakes. I mean, there's a lot of mistakes on some of the old stuff. People don't know it, but there's some stuff on it that, you know, might have been a mistake and just, hey, that sounds good. Let's do that or leave it on there, you know. It was a lot looser, a lot more creative. Now it's a lot more computer-oriented, cut and paste and let's fix that because you've got such – control, detailed control over the music on a computer now. I mean, you can go in and move the bass drum slightly to make it perfect. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, with the bass, whereas years ago, that bass drum or the, usually the bass drum's on, the bass player is probably off. <laughs> you move the bass. <laughs> you know, years yeah. ago, you'd leave that little bit of a flam in there because you couldn't change it, really, unless you punched it in. But it was so minute that you just, well, leave it, it's fine. So now it's like you go in, you move bass drums. I mean, it's crazy. It's fun. I I do it at home. Yeah. But it tends to take some of the heart out of it. I think it becomes so perfectly polished. It's it's generic a little bit to me. Yeah, and those. Like you listen uh, to some of the old some of the old Zeppelin albums. The first one is Squeaks from Bonham's foot pedal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You listen, there's squeaks in there. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It, it was raw and unedited back then. Today, everybody has a studio in their home. All the yeah. technology is so much cheaper today and easier to put in, so they have more time to spend it, like you says, and, and play yeah. around with it. Back in the now, day, now if you wanted, take. Now, if you wanted squeaks in your in your footpath, you download it. <laughs> Let's put some squeaks in there, man. So you go and download uh, squeak sound, like foot pedal from the old Ludwig pedal, yeah. <laughs> and put it in there, you know? That's so, true, and yeah. and, you, and you've always been a single bass drum player. You prefer to play with a single bass drum. Yeah, I, I, I'm a single bass drum, and uh, I always play single bass drum. Then at one point, I did try double bass drum, and then Carmine was using double bass, so I thought, you know what, this is a good way to distinguish me from him. And then, and then double bass became, you know, faster and faster and faster. So I yeah. didn't. I wasn't about to try it later on. I, I mean, I got to pretty fast foot and loud foot and strong foot from playing one bass drum. So I'm I'm just, that's me, you know, that's part of me now. Yeah, when you play with different bass players, you've played with so many of them from, you know, from Giza to Jeff Pilsen, and I can't even name them all right now. You have to adapt to each guy's playing because you guys make up the rhythm section of the band, and, you know, you just kind of work in tandem together. Uh, Do you find it harder to work with some than others? Uh, Yeah, you know, you can play with somebody and... It just doesn't lock in, you know. Yeah. It's just that's just like it's just like a guy and a girl, you know. You might meet and go out on a date, and it just doesn't gel, you know. Yeah. It's almost the same thing, you know. You play, and you go, man, I just, you know, can't. There's been a couple of bass players. I won't name names. Nobody that, not Geezer, not Jimmy, not Jeff Pilson, not my main guys. But there's been other people I jammed with, and it's like, damn, I can't lock in with this guy. And then I'll just make what I'll try is playing simple, you know, try it a little bit more straight and simple and see if that grooves better. And sometimes that doesn't work. It's like, well, you know what? This is just not cool. You know, it's not meant to be. But with Jimmy, Jimmy Bain, Jeff Pilsen, um, and uh, Geezer, you know, that's not an issue at all because we're, we're all on the same page. You know, when we play together, you know, we just gel. 
You know, yeah, it you, just fits. It gels. It's great. Well, you and Jimmy played together for a long time, and you and uh, Giza have played on and off together for a long time. And I've always, they, to me, they were always like two contrasting styles. Jimmy was more straightforward to me. Uh, you know, yeah. just laid it down where Giza can go all over the place. And I like, I like, like how you play with both of them because it gives you an opportunity to play two different styles where with Giza you can be more open and with Jimmy you're more straightforward with him. And I, I like that, that contrast between the two styles you play with both of them. Yeah, Giza uh, plays – Giza's a, more of a busy uh, player. He plays a lot more riffs. So when I play with Giza, we lock in, and then I listen a lot to him. You know, and, and I and I kind of been playing with him for a long time, so I know when he's going to do some fills and – try to catch things with Guy. So I listen more to him than what he's going to do, where Jimmy kind of lays it down. He's not as busy. He just clunks away down there. And then uh, I kind of lead with Jimmy, where Geezer may lead with me more, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, And Pilsen, Pilsen's just, he's kind of right in the middle, you know. I listen to him. He listens to me. We play things together, and we groove. Yeah, it's, it's yeah a Jeff's a great definite. bass player, too. I know, I know he's dying Jeff's to be a great, lead singer, yeah. but he's a great bass player. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's a good singer too, but it's hard to become a lead singer. But he's a great singer and a fantastic bass player, and he's a he's a really great friend. So uh, I love Jeff. He's a yeah. great guy. Didn't uh, didn't you and Jeff guy. start Three Legged Dog? Were you in there together for a while? I know Jeff wasn't in there anymore when he did the record. Uh, um, Jimmy came in, right? No, Jimmy was in the band. Jeff actually, we went to Jeff's house and recorded four or five songs okay. at Jeff's studio. And Jeff produced those songs with us, and uh, he. He was just unbelievable, all the ideas he came up with. And with, with Jeff, he plays piano, he plays guitar, he plays bass, he tries to play drums. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he uh, you know, he comes up with an idea, but he can play it. Yeah. Instead of somebody that goes, you know, why don't we do like, like this note here and sing the note, <clears throat> Jeff could just pick up the guitar and go, what about something like this? Goes, yeah, that's it. It makes you know, it a lot easier, it. yeah, sure. Yeah, he's great. He's a great producer, too. Uh, Frozen Summer was a great record. Do you plan on uh, doing anything more with uh, Three-Legged Dog? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, the guitar player that uh, was in it, too, was Carlos Cavazzo from Clyde Wright, and then there was yeah. Brian Young, who played with David Lee Roth. He actually used to live right next door to me in California, and uh, he moved to Texas to do, you know, he's like in a you know, club band, plays copy stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That's what he wanted to do. So he wrote a lot of the riffs, the beginning riffs, and, and that's what we were looking for. So we we need to replace them with somebody that can write or come up with some ideas that we write together with, you know. Okay. So he was the main 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 energy of, of getting some of the songs together, you know. Yeah. So, I like but I thought it was that. a good record, yeah. too. Yeah, I thought oh, it was a good record, record, too. Yeah. I was looking so forward to more with that, and I guess the Heaven Hell thing came rolling along. And I got kind of put in the back burner, but that was really some great stuff. And if you could put something else together down the road with some new guys, that yeah, would be I'm going to do that. I'm doing that now. Yeah, I'm checking out some guitar players. And uh, if anybody actually, when this airs, any guitar player singers, you want to, you know, email me. It's uh, go to vinnyapice.com. There's an email link or MySpace. It's Vinny Apice. Vinny with an I E, <laughs> because uh, it's a long story. And uh, you know, you could send an email or or an MP3 or something. Check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna put something together. I, I love creating music with all different people. So while we we got downtime, I want to play. You know, that sounds great. And on top of that, you said Vinny Apice. Now I'm an Italian from Brooklyn. Isn't the right way to say your name Apici? That's like the Italian 
Italian way. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm right. a paisan from uh, Brooklyn. So where yeah. did you come from in Brooklyn? Uh, Borough Park, 14th Avenue and 41st Street. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. And Lodi actually, area. my brother Carmine pronounces it a piece. I say apathy. And my <laughs> other older brother, Frank, who doesn't play drums, says a peachy. Okay. So it's completely covered. Everybody's got there. their own name, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. well, my father always said apathy. Yeah, said yeah, that's apathy. the most common one, right? How did a kid from Brooklyn hook up with John Lennon? Well, I was playing with local people, obviously, and then uh, I met uh, through high school when I went, uh, <clears throat> met this guitar player, Joey Damber, whose brother, Louis Damber, played in a band from Brooklyn called Sir Lord Baltimore. I remember I if you heard guys. of those guys. Yes, I remember them well. Yeah. So Joey was the guitar player. He was actually in that band for a little bit. And then we met. I met Joey. My friend Angelo played bass in... Uh, and Joey knew Jimmy Iovine, you know. Okay. And back then, back then he was an engineer producer at the record plant. So uh, Joey introduced me to Jimmy, and then uh, so we put a band together, and it was, you know, my friend Angelo on bass, Joey on guitar, and we had a keyboard player and four horn players. <clears throat> and then we went up, played. You know, Jimmy said he'll do some demos for us. He did, and then the owner of the record plant heard the demos. He liked the band. It's a good band. It's like a funk rock band. So he signed us to a management deal, and we gave, he gave us a room up at the record plant studios in New York to rehearse, you know, whenever we wanted. It was our room. All our gear was set up. We'd do anything we want. Go. <clears throat> so one night, John Lennon and Elton John were recording Whatever Gets You Through the Night, and they needed the hand claps. So there were no computers yeah. to do hand claps. So, see, this is where the music becomes more real. Perfect yeah. example, right? So they call us up. Hey, guys, can you come down and do the hand claps for uh, John Lennon and Elton John? <laughs> what are we going to say? No. Yeah, right. What? We ran down there, <clears throat> you know, going to the studio, and there's John Lennon and Elton John sitting in the control room. We did the hand claps and then uh, took a little bit, and then we left. And then John said to Jimmy, who's that? They said, that's Roy's band. They rehearse upstairs. They're really good, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple of days later, John and Yoko come walking in, watch us rehearse. I sit down on the step, watch us play, smoked a couple of joints with them, yeah. you know. And they used to come up and hang out. Wow. And then he asked us to uh, – he had a gig in uh, New York Hilton. It was a TV show, ABC Wide World Special. It's called Salute to Sir Lou Grade. And it was all celebrities in the audience. And uh, we did the show with them, and we wore, like, they made masks of our face, and we put two faces on our face, so we didn't have. So we had a face on the back, a face on the front, no hair. <laughs> oh, so wow. we went and got the mask made. We got fitted for jumpsuits. So we used to go, you know, ride around New York City in a van with John, going to get the mask made. He loved it, and, and you know, getting these masks. He didn't wear the mask. The band wore, wore the mask. Yeah. Black jumpsuit. John wore his hair in a ponytail and a red jumpsuit, and then we got fitted for the jumpsuit. So we we're hanging out with him the whole time, going to do all this stuff. It's amazing. And then he asked us to do, uh, we did three videos with him, and then Roy, the owner of the record plant's wife, was a singer, and John produced like eight tracks of her with us playing. Never came out. So we worked with him quite a bit. Wow, that's cool. amazing. You must have been like, teenage, I was like right? I was, yeah, I was like 16, 17 years wow, old. Wow, that's got to be something else at that time to play, you know, just to, to meet him, never mind to play with him as a young guy, oh, yeah, you know, we, just we starting were, out. We were working with him the next day. I was going to high school. Oh, you know? that's got to be incredible. 
And that's the story you take with you forever. That's amazing. Yeah, that's why I said, you know what? I don't think I want to go to high school anymore. I think I want to do this. <laughs> but luckily, I was fortunate enough to, to make it work, so it's fine. That is the hard part. I know you also you, you have a lot of uh, drum videos. You do clinics. What do you see is the biggest problem with like, the young kids today that are looking to learn how to play the drums or any instrument? What's the biggest problem? Yeah, like what do they, you know, when you, when you go to teach a clinic or, or you're talking about your videos, what do you think the kids want more than to actually learn the, the basis of, you know, drumming, which should come first? Well, you know, you know what the problem is, because I teach a lot in L.A. I, I, I teach a lot. Um, a lot. A lot of the problem is nobody's got any patience anymore. Yeah. You know? There's very few people that, especially kids, I've taught younger kids too, and the way to really learn is to start with the basic books, like then two of the Bibles, if you ask any good drummer, is, is syncopation and stick control. And you go through those books together, and that builds a foundation of everything, you know. Yeah. You get the notes, you get you know, all the rhythms, you get the, the how things should be steady. And So anyway, that, that's one problem, that kids don't want to just sit there and start, like, doing three pages a week. It, it, you know... They don't have patience. The world yeah. is so fast moving. There's, you know, look, kids have to be entertained all the time. Absolutely right. Yeah. So they tend to want to accelerate that and rather just learn a lick or two. You know, hey, what, you want to learn this? Yeah. Then yeah. you learn a lick, but you have no idea what it is or where it came from or what it looks like in your head or what it looks like on paper because you don't know the basics. You know, so that's that's what happens with that. And yeah. uh, and then a lot of kids want to play fast, and a lot of new kids, and that's not important. You know, the most important thing's playing it smooth and steady, evenly. You know, that's that's that makes you sound powerful, makes you sound professional, and then when you accomplish that, you go to speed later. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get that class. foundation down first, of course. I mean, I remember when I was <laughs> ten years old, my parents sent me for drum lessons, and I sat there for months, and the guy gave me a little a little rubber pad. Just to keep playing yeah. on the pad over and over again, the same simple movements so you can get it down. And you're right, it takes a long time, but they all want that instant gratification because they play the video games today, you know, all the music games like Rockstar, and it's not like sitting down banging on a plastic drum, you know, to a, to a color yeah. dot on the screen. They expect that when they get behind yeah. a real drum set or a guitar, you know, whatever they're playing in. And isn't that yeah. way? And I'm afraid that we're going to lose a lot of, you know, young kids as musicians in the future that aren't going to have that, that talent or that skill to, to produce. Right. You're right, you're right. And actually, those two books I mentioned, and most of the books, are written to be played on the pad. Yeah. They're not drum books. They're not, you don't see lines that say small tom-tom, large tom-tom, unless you go to those specific books. But the real Bibles that people learn from all the great drummers are those books. Those are just on the pad, you know. Yeah. And there's only been basically one student that I've had in years that wanted to learn and started from the beginning that took the time to do it. And go through those books correctly, and and uh, it works wonders, you know. Yeah. And then that accelerates everything after it. Then it's like you study that. Now when you go through other books, it comes faster. Then then what happens is you start to when you go see drummers play, you go, wow, I like what he did there. You have an idea of what he played because you went through and studied this stuff. You didn't just play it; you studied it, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and hopefully that's what you want to do. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I hope it'll work. Yeah. If you want to become a great musician, you study it. If you just want to become a rock star, you, you know, you 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 know, get in a band and play. Yeah. You know? Exactly. 
Uh, hopefully these young kids will, you know, they'll learn their, they'll learn their trade and they'll, they'll pick things up and they'll keep things going. And uh, right. get, get back to heaven and hell. Let's go back to Black Sabbath and say, uh, when you got back together in, the, in 92 for the Dehumanizer record, was everything okay between you guys back then? Because I know you and Dio, you know, parted ways a few years before that with the Dio band. And uh, I'm sure everything got worked out, you know, uh, together. Yeah, um, I, I had left Dio, yeah, you know. I was with Dio for a long time, and then the whole band changed. I was just in need of a change, you know. I thought, I need to do something else. So I left. Ronnie kind of understood where I was coming from, and uh, and then Dehumanizer was coming together, and they called, and uh, we got back together. You know, guys, you know, if it was a chick band, we probably wouldn't have worked, but guys usually <laughs> just go, you know, guys just go, okay, whatever happened before, you know, forget it. You know, let's start from here. So that's what we did, you know. So we got back together. Everything was cool, and then... Uh, you know, it worked for a while, you know. Yeah, at the time, I guess, you know, like now, back with Heaven and Hell, things seem to be working out great. You got a couple of years on your belt again with it. I guess back in 92, it just probably wasn't the time to go long time with it. It just, you know, things probably just weren't clicking at that time, right? Well, it clicked. It, you know, we made the album. We we love the album. I still love that album. And That's then, a great then we one. toured. And then what broke the band up is, uh, you know, Tony wanted to, Tony Geezer, you know, it was booked to play uh on the Aussie retirement show down yeah. in California here. Ronnie didn't want to do it. I don't blame Ronnie for not wanting yeah. to do it. And it was a weird situation, you know. I could see why they wanted to do it. I could see why Ronnie didn't want to do it. So I was in the middle, so you know that's exactly. the show that we got Rob Halford to sing. So uh we wound up doing it without Ronnie and that broke the banner. So yeah, there was still some craziness, you know. But now it seems like Everyone's a little bit more mature now. <laughs> you think so, right? You know, and musically, we're all getting off on it, so you know it seems to be working right now. Yeah, the new record is tremendous. I mean, you got such a great sound on that record. Out of all the records you. you've done, going back from Derringer to, to the latest Sabbath, uh, Heaven and Hell record, which one is your favorite as far as your drum sound goes? Where do you feel like you hit like every point uh, with the drums? Well, the drum sound I love is Dehumanizer. It's just so loud, and it's just punchy it's got a lot of power in it you know it might sound a little outdated now but it is a nice drum sound yeah. and then if you listen to something like holy diver you know uh that's a completely different sound it's a little drier but uh that's a good good sound too so but for sound wise i would say dehumanizer is my one yeah that that was i was going to mention that and uh you know i happen to like angry machines uh that was a little later on in this, when you went back with you in the 90s how do you feel about those records today? Because you put out the two records when you got back in the 90s. And then, you know, the 90s were a tough time for every rock and metal band. I mean, it was just brutal yeah. for, you know, to, to do anything right. back then. But how do you feel about those records? You know, I, ha <clears throat> Excuse me, I haven't heard that album in so long. It's uh, and, and actually, I have one student that, that you know, brought it up. He says, man, that Angry Machines album, man. Fuck. I'm sorry, can you say that? <laughs> yeah, you can say anything you want to say. It's the internet, thank God. All right, fuck. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he brought it up, and I forgot about that album. And I remember, you know, I played a lot of stuff on that album. I actually put that together different things I was working on. There's a lot of playing on that, whereas the one before yeah. it, which was Strange Highways, mm -hmm. I took a different approach and played through the album. Because, you know, back then people, you know, it's like you play a lot on an album, people go, oh, Vinny's so busy, but the then you don't play a lot. People go, oh, Vinny didn't go for it. There's no yeah. middle ground. 
Yeah, so I just said, I don't care. So the, the Strange Highways album, I kind of just grooved with it. Angry Machines, I was a little bit more pissed off. So it was a good name for the album, and then I played a lot more on it, you know? Yeah, it so, shows, uh, and it was good. There's a lot of stuff on there, and I haven't heard that album. Actually, i got to dig it up and uh, put it on my iTunes. So I can a lot of those great metal records that you guys know, like I put in the 90s, it just kind of got lost in the shuffle with all the, the grunge and the, the new style metal. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of these kids are finding them today, which is good, because they're such great records. Right, that's what happened with the Humanizer. It came out at the time when Grunge was just coming out, so it was a hard album to, uh, you know, to, to 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 sell and promote and everything, you know. Yeah, well, you know, music. You've been in the business almost your whole life, and you know, there's a lot of ups and there's a lot of downs. You know, there's ebbs and flows, and right now you're on a high again, which I'm glad for because you know you're putting out such killer music again, and it's good to hear you. And the first time I came across uh, you and your music was with Axis. Uh, oh yeah, a Circus World, I think the album was right. Yeah, it's a circus world, and that's why we, uh, when the Derringer band broke up, me and Danny, you know, we were we were pretty young, and we were like, hey, let's do our own band. We had Axis together, actually. Let me go back. <clears throat> Excuse me, Axis was together before Derringer. We were together in '75. Okay. Uh, I lived down. I moved down to Shreveport, Louisiana. That's where they're from, and we put, you know, they were already together. I joined a band. We became Axis. Wrote all new songs. And then Rick Derringer happened to call me because he met me at the Record Plant Studios, and that's when I said, uh, I'm down here. He was putting the band together. I said, come down and check this band out. You might like the guitar player and the bass player. So he came down. He loved Danny Johnson and uh, Jay Davis. He liked Jay, but he didn't want to just bring the whole band back. So me and Danny wound up playing with Rick, and Jay Davis wound up playing with Foreigner before the first album came out. And uh, he was with Foreigner. He should have stayed. And uh, but then he eventually left Foreigner, which was crazy. Then feels like the first time came out, so that was nuts. And then uh, so me and Danny and Rick got together, and we got Kenny Aronson. So then that lasted, and then we were getting itchy. Me and Danny went, let's put Axis together, man. We got a little bit of a name now, you know. Let's do it. So we we left, and then we moved out to California, had a little record deal, and put out that album produced by Andy Johnson. It's a good album, too. Good drum yeah. sound. Yeah, it was a very good record. And another thing you played for a while was uh, World War Three with Mandy Lyon. You and Jimmy were in that band together, right? Yeah, that was a band Jimmy was involved with. And then, uh, you know, they were looking for a drummer. They had a couple of drummers. It wasn't working out. So Jimmy contacted me and said, hey, man, you know, why don't you check this stuff out? I think you might like it. I said, okay. So uh, Jimmy came over and played a back band of cassette of it. And, uh, and I went, wow, this stuff kicks ass, man. I love it. Nice and heavy and... Uh, and I thought, yeah, let's do it, you know. So originally, I was just doing the album. You know, I said I do the album, and then they had a little tour book, so I wound up doing the tour also. And that that was a good band, you know. That's something that should have stayed together, you know. But uh, it had some management problems, big problems tied up with different people, and uh, too bad about that because it was a great band. And that was, uh, you know, Mandy was doing a lot of stuff that people are doing now with screaming and the. Oh that yeah, those kind of harsh vocals, man. That, that, he was doing that stuff a long time ago, you know. Yeah, if you look at pictures of Mandy today, he's a guy you don't want to meet in a dark alley somewhere. No, and he would walk around like that in Florida too, and it was in ninety <laughs> degrees, with, you know, total leather outfit and hats on and long hair and yeah, chicks he got his got his dogs over. with him too, probably. And a dog, yeah. He's he lives that. That's really him. He's not yeah. just putting that shit on, and then you see him with a, you know, a little. Uh, button-down shirt on. You don't see him like that. He's real. So, uh, 
Yeah. You know, that was a good band, and I get a lot of feedback from that album. Like, a lot of that's another cult thing. Like, uh, you know, wow, we love that album, man. We listen to, you know, get revved up before a show. Uh, you know, it's a good album. A lot of energy in it. Yeah, it's a powerful one. And uh, I, I, I play the record all the time. And matter of fact, uh, we actually got a couple of minutes left in the show. So I'm running out of time okay. here. I wish I had more of it. Vinny, I really appreciate you taking out the time today, calling. It was great talking to you. And oh, no I'm problem, in New Mike. York, I got to take you out for pizza, because I know you can't get good pizza out in California. Woo! That's right. Pizza sucks out here. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> next time you're back in the area, I owe you a slice. But before we go, uh, pick out a song. Axis, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, World War Three, and I'll get it on. We'll close out the show with that. Uh, how about, how about, uh, 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 how about Three-Legged Dog? You got that? I, I do, but I don't have it on, because I'm going to open up the Sunday oh, okay. show with that. That's why I didn't play that, because that's what I'm going to open up the show with. Play TV Crimes from Dehumanizer. All right, you got it, Vinny. Thank you very much. Vinny Apathy, I appreciate you calling in.
Black Sabbath off the Human Eyes with TV Crime. Vinny wasn't able to call in live, but I got him on earlier, and we had a great interview. It was like over an hour long. I had to cut some of it out. Uh, and talking about great guys, I got Bobby Leatherlungs Lucas on the line. Bobby, uh, you there? Yeah, Mike, what's happening? Oh, uh, what's going on, buddy? How you been? I'm great, man. That was a great interview. Ah, uh, thank you. Vinny, Vinny is a good guy, and I don't know if you heard the whole thing, but he's looking for a singer for a project. You know, I I heard that. I actually jotted down the uh, URL. So <laughs> I'll give you his number. You give him Vinny. Vinny's a guy who he'll, he'll call you right back. Don't yeah, laugh. Don't that laugh. would be a dream, man. That would be a dream come true. What are you uh, kidding me? What a combination, huh? A bunch of Catholic boys yeah. from the from the tri-state area. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, and that Mandy Lyon stuff. You know, you're talking about the Mandy Lyon. I mean, Time for Terror and all of that stuff kicked such ass, man. I mean, uh, World War Three. I remember that album. That was incredible. Uh, Tracy G. That was the first time I ever heard that guy play guitar. That yeah, smoke, smoking stuff, man. And he's, he's a he's good amazing. guy, Mandy. And he's a good guy, Mandy Lyon too. He's pretty. Yeah, good I spoke too. to Mandy a few times. We were supposed to hook up for the show for an interview, and he just got so busy. The guy's raising like 943 dogs out there in California. Between that and the music, he's got yeah. no time. Tommy V, what's going on, Tom? Yo, what's going on, Bobby? Yeah. How's it going, brother? Uh, same old shit. Same shit, different flies. There That's it. <laughs> so, Bobby, what's the good word with morbid sin? Listen, yeah, this is great because uh, February they're uh, re-releasing the uh, Storm Spell Records. Uh, Jordan, Jordan is re-releasing the original morbid sin demos, the one from '88, the Arrival of the Sin. And the Cauldron of Souls from '92. Uh, it's going to be totally remastered on CD for the first time. And uh, Sins of the Flesh is from 90, 1998, just before I joined Seven Witches. It was uh, recorded at Traxy Studios. We did the uh, full length album. Never saw the light of day because immediately we did one show after we recorded it. We opened for Fate's Warning at Club Benet in Sarahville. And uh, that same night, Frostbite was on the bill with Jack Frost, and he uh, took three of us over to Germany to, to uh, form Seven Witches, and that was the end of uh, the band at that time. So it's been sitting and not doing anything, and since the band got back together, and uh, my guitarist, Wade Tyler, he says, you know, I still got that, that CD, man, you know, uh, we should really try to do something with that. And uh, thanks to, uh, actually thanks to a fan of mine, uh, Bruce, Bruce Wanzi, I want to say thanks to him. He actually put me in touch with uh, with Jordan from Storm, Storm Spell. And that's coming out in February. It's going to have artwork done by myself on uh, both of the releases. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be bonus tracks on there, and it's all remastered. Nice booklets, uh, rare photographs, lyrics, the whole nine yards. That sounds great. I, I've, I've seen your artwork on your, anybody go to your MySpace page and see your artwork, you, Besides singing, you're, you're some artist on top of that. I mean, you do all the banners for the people. Don't forget, you play with Sanctuary also, the Iron yep. Man tribute band. You still, you still with the Overlord. You still getting that going? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Matter of fact, um, just got my own little 16-track digital studio here, and uh, Mark from Overlord was over uh, last week, and we're working on a song called "Destroy Us All," and I was laying down lyrics uh, and vocals for that. So that is still very much very much in the works, so Overlord is still happening, yes. So between Overlord, Morbison, Sanctuary, uh, whatever happens with Vinny Apathy, you know, you got a couple hours left in the day. Yeah, well, my girlfriend, she wants to kill me as it is, but, you know, <laughs> Betty, Betty, she's she's been great. She's like my little manager now, man. She does all the promoting for Morbison, and Good. we have like 4,000 friends on MySpace already in a little over a month, thanks, yeah. to, uh, thanks to her promoting and... Uh, 
like I said, she wants to shoot me half the time because I'm so friggin' busy, but it's all it's all for our future, so I just keep telling her, I'm going to hit it big soon. You know, if you were there all the time, she'd be yelling at you, go do something, get away. But when you're not there, you get yelled at, you're not there, you can't win. There it is. When I'm with my wife, I get told, aren't you going to work? And when I go to work, she goes, oh, you're going to work? You can't win. You can't. Yeah, nah. you can't live with them, you can't live without them. That's right. That's right. We're all looking forward to that. I know you got some shows coming up in March with Impaler. That's going to be great. Oh, man, I can't wait, man. Impaler, uh, come on, man. Rise of the Mutants, I used to have that on vinyl. Yeah. Uh, those guys are sick. Bill Lindsay's a great guy, and I made friends with him on MySpace. And, you know, uh, he says, why don't you guys, you know, do a couple shows with us when we come down to your area? I was like, are you kidding me? I'd love to. Let's do it. So, you know, two sick, sick horror show oriented bands on the same night. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's uh, We're going to be doing one in Dingbats and Clifton and the other one, Mojo 13 in Delaware. Uh, you know, thanks to uh, the Tink. I don't know if you know the Tink. Uh, the Tink's Big Dreams. He's hooking us up with that show. And uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait to do it. I can't wait either. Me and Tommy, will be at the Dingbats show. There's no doubt about that. Without I doubt. wish we had more time, but I got four minutes no, left in the show. Cool, hey, and I want to get a more Sin song on. <laughs> Beautiful. That'd be great. I appreciate it. I'll tell you it. what, when the album does come out, how about you call back in when the album comes out and we'll do the whole album from start to finish. We'll talk about each song, we'll sample some of the music off it. We'll make a whole big show out of it. Hey, that sounds phenomenal. That, that sounds great. Glad to, man. All right, Thanks man. Bobby, time. thank you for calling in, buddy. All right. Hey, take care, you guys, man. Take we care. We will. Bob. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you in March. All right. God bless you. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bobby Leatherlung's Lucas, one of the best metal singers out there. I know we heard enough of that last night on Rage's show, but we'll give it to him a little bit more. All right, so, T, how about we do a little more of sin? How about Jesus Wept? Okay. All right, here you go. This is Bobby's newest project.
Morbid Sin with Jesus Wept. Bobby led the lungs, Lucas, Vinny Athesy. Vinny from 11th Hour. What a great show we had tonight. T, we got about a minute left. Oh, that was good, man. I apologize. You weren't able to get in there and plug Tempest this week, but next I week we'll give you a Tempest at all. I know. We'll give you a double oh, shot no, next week. I just did. I just did. <laughs> I'll mention it on Wednesday's Metal Matinee. Uh, this week it's The Only Way Out. It's all crazy. songs are old metal suicide songs this Wednesday in the matinee at 12 o'clock. Oh, and wow. Yeah, all songs to kill yourself with, by, you know? Uh, don't, I have, we, don't we have a suicide song? Like, uh, we got a whole bunch death. of suicide. Yeah. I dug up a whole bunch of shit. We'll play it Wednesday at 12 o'clock. Okay. And next Sunday night, uh, Barry Fisher, Eric Moriello of uh, Fisher's Beast. Uh, Barry was the original guitar player for Sentinel Beast. They'll be calling in. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a good time next week. So we got about 30 seconds left in the show, T. That's it. All right, buddy. It was a great interview. You did a Thank great you. job. And um, it was good to have Bobby call in. And you played a bunch of good tunes, man. Sounds good, man. Thank, thank you, you very much. I want to thank everybody in the chat room for hanging out. Alice Rob, all my guests, everybody else. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we and we'll see you guys Wednesday at 12 o'clock. Have a great weekend, buddy. T, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Good night, buddy. heavy metal anywhere blogtalkradio.com and heavy metal mayhem Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.